Let the word go The forward. challenge, the opportunity to connect. The 1960s, a time of imagination and change, a time of anger and fear. The 1960s is a pioneering program called Challenge. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. That looked at our connections, our divisions, through the lens of shared values. Sixty years later, we examine our divisions, our connections, our shared pains and successes in a new program called Challenge 2.0. The Pacific Island culture is an important element of the Pacific Northwest identity, but the story behind the migration is often one of pain, the result of colonial domination, the loss of supportive family and friends, the need to adapt to an unfamiliar culture. Gay and trans Pacific Islanders face particularly difficult challenges. Utopia Washington is a group that advocates for their needs. In this program, we'll explore the challenges they face and what the larger Pacific Northwest community can do to help them. So we're delighted to have as our guest on this edition of Challenge, Angayo Tupu Vienna. Angayo Tupu, it's so good to have you with us. Thank you for making time in your schedule. I know you just had a major event that you got finished with. Uh, I wonder if we could begin with perhaps a broader picture. Uh, people have, I suspect, a wildly inaccurate view of Pacific Island culture, history, and all the gifts that it's provided in terms of wo world culture, uh, probably driven a lot by marketing of tourism and that sort of thing. Give us a sense of the real breadth and depth of Pacific Island culture uh, that you wish people had a sense of. Um, thank you for having me. Um, I just want to say hello um, and uh, extend a, a welcome from our organization, Utopia Washington, based out of Kent. Um, but like you said, most of what uh, the public understanding of Pacifica culture is from either movies, um, from tourism, from but a large part of it is from history, right? What's taught in this country mm -hmm. and what people learn about the history of PI people, of Pacific, Pacific Islander people. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't just extend to Pacific Islander people, it also extends to the history of, of black and indigenous people in this country, right? right. We're in a time where there is um, an increase in legislation um, banning the the um, the teaching of of Black history, the teaching of Indigenous history, mm -hmm. of uh, in this country, right? Um, and sometimes it's at the expense. Um, we see legislation allowing um, allowing that the history of API people be taught in in schools, mm -hmm. but it's at the expense of Black and Indigenous people. Mm -hmm. So. Um, so when I when you talk about um, how public understanding of Pacifica people is based on on tourism and promotions, we know that that's a, a huge part of our history isn't taught in schools mm -hmm. and isn't um, portrayed accurately in in movies or in history. Um, a lot of in my own personal experience, a lot of our history has been either done by uh, researchers who come to the island who have no um, connection to the people, researchers such as Margaret Mead, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so a lot of these, um, 
a lot of our history has been written by by people who don't look like us and mm -hmm. who don't have a, a full understanding of of our people. So what would two or three key points to correct some of those misconceptions be that you'd like to share with people? If you were teaching a class, say with middle school or high school students or college, and you wanted to make a couple of key points in terms of, here are some things that you don't know that I really wish you did, what would those be? Um, that we're not a monolith, mm -hmm. right? Pacific Islander cultures, even though we're all the same people, we mm -hmm. um, have a diverse, um, we have diverse cultures, customs, practices, and uh, ways of living, right? Um, and I would also like to relay the idea of collectivism in our cultures. Um, and since I work for a LGBT uh, organization, it's important to name that um, in Pacifica cultures, we have, we have these rich histories of gender identities and cultural mm -hmm. identities that um, has service and responsibility at the center of, of our ways of living. Mm -hmm. We'll talk more about that in a minute, but you brought up a point that I thought was very interesting, and that is the collectivism of Pacific Islander culture. And I know one of the uh, books that really garnered a lot of attention recently was Braiding Sweetgrass, and Robin Wall Kimmerer made the point that uh, in a property culture, it's believed that when you own property, you have a bundle of rights. And she said, when it's a gift or collective culture, uh, one based on gratitude and sharing, that it's believed that if you have property, it comes with a bundle of responsibilities to others. Uh, how does that manifest itself in Pacific Island culture, or at least those elements that speak to your background then? Um, I am glad you brought that book up. It's a brilliant um, piece of writing. Um, and as someone who's from American Samoa, which is a, a territory, a colony, a U.S. colony, um, a place that has the highest concentration of indigenous people with um, with access to land and ownership of land. Mm -hmm. And I want to name that ownership is a thing now because of colonization, right? And um, so we have the highest concentration of indigenous people with access to land and mm -hmm. with access to land comes responsibility to that land um, and the responsibility to each other. And we live in a country and in a world where responsibility to not just the land, but to all life is mm -hmm. an autonomous, right? And if we want to, to, to build a future where, where we can have our basic needs met, we can have housing as a right, mm -hmm. um, healthcare as a right, we need to also understand that it comes with a responsibility mm -hmm. to care for not just each other, but for the resources that this planet has to offer us um, and that to see this planet as, a, as life, right? Mm -hmm. That needs to be taken care of and not exploited. Um, a, lot, a lot of what people know about the Pacific Islands is mostly Hawaii, mm -hmm. right? When I remember moving here to Washington and having to um, sacrifice my own identity for familiarity and for comfort. Mm -hmm. When people would ask me, oh, where are you from? I would say I'm from Hawaii because people did not have a full understanding of, of how diverse the Pacific mm -hmm. region is and that it was just, 
it took up too much time for me to explain who I was as a Samoan person. Right. And I even saw that in talking about my identity as Fofafine, which is a cultural identity native mm-hmm. to Samoa, um, and having to sacrifice um, that identity for um, to make it easier for me to explain my transness. Mm-hmm. Right. So and but. Luckily, we are fortunate enough to live in a state where uh, people understand that there's much more than just trans identity. People, right. There's still a lot of work to be done, but people understand that there we've done the work of elevating two-spirit identities, fafafina identities, and um, identities that exist outside of the Western um, understanding of, of gender. Let's begin to unpack that a little bit and talk about Utopia. Uh, tell us a little bit about what your mission is as part of Utopia Washington and how it came to be. Our mission is to um, replace, oh, we are actively replacing systems of oppression with ecosystems of care and safety mm-hmm. um, through black and brown organizing, prioritizing land and bodily autonomy, and um, reclaiming our cultural narratives. Mm-hmm. So that's the new mission. and. Um, it comes out of, um, we had a, a full week of conversations of building with the staff. Uh, we have a staff of 27 um, folks, um, mm-hmm. all gender diverse individuals from the Pacific region. Um, and we had conversations around um, what it looks like to use the privilege that we have, the privilege of having access to our customs, our access to our, our cultural identities, mm-hmm. to um, to show up for black and brown um, folks in our community, seeing as we come from a region that is the last place on earth to be colonized. Mm-hmm. And so we did not have to experience hundreds of years of genocide, of slavery, of... Um, I also want to be mindful that the Pacific region has different experiences of of colonization, but not as um, lengthy as as Turtle Island and the people from right. uh, stolen people, right, and people with stolen land have experienced. Um, when you talk about uh, the focus on gay and trans people, how does the place or the surroundings, the circumstances that they find themselves facing here in the continental United States differ from that of their home cultures that they left? In the Pacific region, we have rich histories of gender identities, Mm -hmm. right, gender diversity. And so moving to the contiguous U.S., uh, the mainland, as Mm -hmm. we call it, um, and having to um, fight for our identities and fight Mm -hmm. for our existence and... um, the difference is like we know who we are and our people know that history, right? Mm-hmm. And so being here where people deny the history of gender diverse people in Turtle Island, right, in the US, um, it's difficult, right? Um, because no amount of research, no amount of history being taught in um, the current political climate is gonna convince people about our existence without us actually having a relationship or having a conversation, a real conversation with people, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so being in this country where there's so much division, um, we have to get used to that. So we've um, built this 
this ecosystem of care and safety within Utopia, Washington, where we see an influx of Pacific Islander people, not just LGBTQ people, but mm -hmm. um, Pacifica people in general, moving to the, the Washington state area. And we are going to make sure that we are providing care and keep um, providing safety for them. Um, mm -hmm through community-owned and community-driven initiatives, and such as our um, Mapumaya Clinic. Mm -hmm. um, and we can talk about that a little bit more I want later. to go into detail. Let me ask you this, and that is you, you made an important point, and that is you're seeing this migration uh, to the mainland. Uh, is that increasing, has that increased over the past years? And if so, what's driving that? Um, well, we're seeing um, people migrating as a result of, uh, as climate refugees, mm -hmm. right? Um, being forced to leave their lands because of, of, of climate um, change, mm -hmm. right? And we, it's the region, we come from a region where um, that's most impacted by, um, by climate change that, and the major contributors of climate change are the world powers, right? right. Um, the US, China, um, and many other, um, uh, many other world powers. And so folks that are being forced to migrate here um, in search of more opportunities, in search of land, in search of, um, of better healthcare, mm -hmm. um, those are some of the reasons. Are people, there are more people living outside of the, the island that are Samoans and living here than, than back home. And so the work that we do at Utopia is ensuring that our people, even though that we are living here as diaspora, we have a responsibility to our people and ensuring that the people that are back on the island are well taken care of and that um, our lands are, are um, taken care of as well. You mentioned some of the programs that you're doing. One was a clinic. Tell us a little bit about your clinic, how that developed, what services it offers, a little bit about the history and extent of it. So Utopia was established in 2009, and mm -hmm. we did not have any working staff until 2017. So that's a huge amount of chunk of time to build capacity and build the organization up to where it is now, to where five years later we have 27 staff mm -hmm. members. And we have two medical directors. Uh, we offer gender-affirming care, free gender-affirming care, primary mm -hmm. care to folks who who don't have access to insurance, um, to migrants. And uh, we serve the broader LGBTQ um, community, and not just um, Pacific Islanders, but across black and brown communities. And we are sandwiched between two metropolitan areas, Seattle and Tacoma, mm -hmm. where a lot of these resources are concentrated. Yet we see um, a lot of people being displaced to South King County. Um, because of high cost of living. And so we're there to meet those um, communities. Could you share a story, and again, I know we have to keep names confidential here, but uh, maybe pick one individual that you've really seen, the presence of that clinic, the availability of the clinic, uh, how it's made a difference in their life. Any individual stories come to mind on that? As Utopia, we've always have been sex worker led and uh, sex worker serving um, mm -hmm. since the beginning. And um, we, we do some work with supporting sex workers in Aurora, mm -hmm. um, providing them with uh, safety kits, um, 
being there physically to provide some sort of safety and mm -hmm. um, and also be open to to their needs and what they what they need in the moment mm -hmm. and ongoing and um, as as far as what they're experiencing out on the streets. Um, and so we serve uh, street sex workers, but also sex workers that are um, working outside of their homes. Um, and I would say a success story is we have we've had sex worker cohorts where we build their leadership um, around current issues, um, build stronger networks of community between those folks. Mm -hmm. And um, this year we were able to put um, to place two. Um, two of our sex worker members into a program to learn um, electrolysis. And, and so they just finished their um, program. And um, hopefully in the next year, they'll be working at Utopia, providing mm -hmm. electrolysis to our community um, and, you know, being hired by Utopia. So is that uh, early influence of uh, sex workers with the organization, does that reflect the difficulty when people migrate to a new area that that's a way for them to be able to survive in an unfamiliar mm -hmm. climate then? It, yes, and I, I, I don't think it's just, um, uh, I guess, a unique experience to mm -hmm. people migrating from the Pacific region, but to right. people migrating from all over Anywhere. the world. And it's not a unique experience to people who live here, right? Um, who who come from impoverished um, communities, from over-policed communities, and communities where there where there are no access to um, their basic needs being met. Mm -hmm. And so they use sex work as a, a way to supplement um, um, their income to be able to provide not just for themselves, but their families, right? Uh, we have heard, and I think one particular group is politicizing the issue quite a bit, and that is uh, gay and trans people, the portrayal of uh, uh, gay and trans people, and trying to make it an issue to alienate and uh, uh, marginalize people. What will you say to people that are out listening to us right now in terms of misunderstandings that they have about gay and trans people? Uh, particularly transgender people, because we've heard so much about that, efforts to restrict them from participating in sports, uh, restricting books depicting their experiences. What would you say to people that you'd like them to understand about that? Uh, the conversation around sports is a lot more nuanced, and people tend to focus on, on trans bodies. Um, mm -hmm. And we've seen the progression of, of people of folks who, the same people who have targeted trans people in sports have been the same people who have targeted LGBTQ people in this country around access to marriage equality, access to public spaces. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about sports, it's about um, keeping, uh, about erasing LGBTQ people, right? And when I talk, when I think about trans people um, and or any group of, of people that's policed for their for their proximity to femininity, and that's mm -hmm. all LGBTQ people. That's all, um, all uh, femme folks, or anybody who is not a able-bodied person, mm -hmm. who is not a, a cis white hetero person. If if trans people did not exist, it doesn't mean that um, the issues that current that currently exist within sports or within access to 
to to safe spaces mm -hmm. for women in prisons, in public spaces, restrooms, it doesn't mean those issues won't go away. Right. They've existed before trans people were even uh, a topic of conversation in this country. When we were preparing for this program, we had a conversation, uh, and I believe one of the elements that came up as part of that conversation was at the far western part of the Pacific, New Guinea, and there are some real problems for the indigenous people of New Guinea versus others that are coming in. Could you broaden our perspective, let us know what that issue is as well? Um, as far as Papua New Guinea, uh, West Papua has been fighting for sovereignty um, and has been um, facing um, mass genocide um, at the hands of the Indonesian government and Indonesian um, militia. Mm -hmm. And um, there have been numerous um, calls to actions for Australia to step in, for the UN to step in. Um, and uh, over the past few decades and nothing has been done, right? And so um, we continue to to elevate their stories and to, to push for um, support from these world powers who, who are um, focused more on opportunity, right? And um, in the way it provides aid to different countries. Uh, as we sit here talking and as we're videotaping this and recording it, uh, they're still searching for uh, remains of victims on Maui in the Lahaina area part of the Pacific Island uh, area of the Pacific, uh, which I think I looked up and it encompasses 60 million square miles. It's a huge area, but it would seem difficult for us not to address that issue. The fact that there were these fires, there was not proper warning put out, uh, and the extent of the damage, does that speak to you at all in terms of the relationship uh, toward native cultures, Pacific Islands in particular, and if so, how? Um, we've seen, it, it's it's heartbreaking to see mm -hmm. um, what's happening in Lahaina and on the island of Maui and just seeing how indigenous people are, who have worked hard to to build a community and to, to hold on to a community that um, was always under threat of 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 removal, right? Mm -hmm. of, um, we know the history of of Hawaii, the, the kingdom of Hawaii being overthrown mm -hmm. and um, taken against their will by the U.S. government. And we've seen, you know, numerous apologies from different administrations um, for for that extraction. And we've seen that continue over over the course of the history with Mauna Kea, with um, seeing how um, the 1% have, have uh, more control of indigenous land in Hawaii than, than its own people and, being, and that's forcing people to migrate to, mm -hmm. to the US, right? As far as Lahaina, we, I do want to um, acknowledge that disasters and um, disasters and threats to to communities um, black and brown communities have always been used as an opportunity to to land grab mm -hmm. to um, take uh, away land from indigenous people and yeah, I think there's a lack of disaster preparedness when it comes to 
to Native communities, um, not just uh, thinking about Lahaina, but also thinking about um, the recent typhoons in, um, in Guahan mm -hmm. or Guam, um, or the tsunami that hit Samoa and um, Tonga. There is a lack of uh, disaster preparedness until after the fact, right? Mm -hmm. And so there um, is a lack of, of resources that's, that goes to um, uh, protecting Native communities, um, regardless of whether they're federally recognized or not, mm -hmm. right? Uh, let us, as we wrap this up, come back to the original focus, and that is that of Utopia. As people watching or listening to this uh, would maybe like to help, how could they do so? What would you ask of them? It's always good to have uh, resources, right? Um, um, I guess whether it's funds or donations, but um, it means more for us to to um, to see you and uh, meet you, and hopefully have you get engaged in the work that we do. Mm -hmm. um, um, money's great, but um, I think the connection and getting folks. Um, to be familiarized with the work that we do and to give back to to the people that their funds would be supporting, mm -hmm. right? And actually being able to hear um, and have a real relationship to the people that that those funds would be um, going out to um, as through services. Uh, but there are numerous ways you can help. We have a community farm. Um, so twice a month, we're always looking for volunteers to help us with the farm, it's in Auburn. This farm helps provide uh, fresh produce for our communities at free cost, um, no cost. Um, we have our clinic, free clinic. We're always looking for volunteers. We're also looking for volunteers to um, support with uh, our youth program mm -hmm. um, and our elder program, but um, there's many different ways people can get involved. Angaya Tupu. Thank you so much for participating in our program on this, and I, I'm sure the people are going to respond to this. And I think, as you uh, put it very eloquently, that just that opportunity for them to meet you and for you to meet them just can really develop new opportunities and a new dynamic that's needed very much. So thank you much. Much success to you and your colleagues at Utopia Washington, then. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us on this edition of Challenge 2.0. We hope you'll join us again next week.